uh there that is so the rest of the conversation though is um i'm gonna get kind of tinfoil hatty we mentioned at the top Mm. of the episode that the that the idea for this was mine and uh, i want the audience to i guess at least understand that we didn't mean by that that i saw there was an update to universes beyond and pitched an episode that was let's talk about universes beyond (laughs) so i'm trying to think of the the best way I can lay out this argument is I will say now that we've all gotten we've all gotten our general opinions and vibes on the universes beyond initiative as it actually is from what we have been told directly by Wizards of the Coast I have a I have a sneaking suspicion that I want to take my privileged position as somebody with a podcast to put onto the internet <laughs> that I think that Universes Beyond is the first domino and an attempt by Wizards of the Coast to essentially become the Amazon of trading card games, potentially collectible card games as well, um, insofar as those are different things if they aren't. And a way for them to... Because I, I don't know what the technicalities are. I don't make games. Um, and mm. by extension of that, preemptively stamp out any other future potential competition in that space in that market so Mm. there's obviously several layers to this so um what what kind of inspired this conspiracy in my head uh what is uh is kind of twofold the announcement here is that um and the the context that starts it is that the reason that walking dead exists in insofar as like magic streams have discussed and things like that is that wizards of the coast is always thinking of ways to sell new product ways to reach new customers etc etc and some of them are fans of the walking dead they took their position as that company to say that hey we think that a walking dead product goes would be cool can we get a meeting with the people who hold that license to that ip to see if they would be interested in licensing that ip to us so that we could use it to sell some magic cards that's a pretty standard practice. Um, mm-hmm. And some of the, some of the background context, well, I think we've mentioned it on occasion in errant episodes, uh, Daniel and Josh, y'all have actually worked in a similar kind of scenario being part mm. of a game company, making a game on behalf of a licensee. Uh, you want to kind of give some context to that experience, what that is logistically, things like that. Oh yeah. That's mm-hmm. uh, neat. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, first, <laughs> We, we technically have been licensed by uh, two, two different mm. license holders. Who we shall and not mention had... for a number of reasons. We really won't? Which I don't think we should. Why? Various reasons. Well, we don't have to mention our old company and the, the horrible people we work with. Like, we don't have to name it. I, know, I think worst case scenario, I can put dog jokes over it if I need to censor uh, Yeah. Well, I mean. Because, because honestly, none of the stuff that was bad about what happened was the fault of the companies we were trying to license the IP for. It was the yeah. company we were part of that drove us into the dirt. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, so yeah. I, don't, I don't think that there's anything wrong with saying the things we're saying because this is this is stuff that I think is very interesting, and I do want to. Oh, I'm game for it because it. at the at the point that our podcast gets big enough where it will be a problem, I will just delete the whole episode if I got to. Like, yeah, that's not a problem. We, we were licensed to do two different things. Mm-hmm. Well, and the thing is, like, the companies never 
said that they had any issues with any of the things we were doing. So I don't, I don't see why this is a problem. Yeah. Um, I can be scared though. You can't be fine. scared. Thank yeah. you. Cause, cause they both had fairly, not, I guess, vastly different approaches. Oh uh, yeah. Um, cause the first one, well, ah, man, now Josh got me all worried. Either way. Well, one yeah, of them, yeah. yeah. I, I think as long as you're speaking from what your experience of it is, you're completely fine. Yeah, you yeah, just yeah. want to yeah, avoid okay, yeah. saying anything my... that is privileged information about those companies. Mm. Yeah. But. Well, one of the companies that we worked for, they mm. they were a, um, and this is where you can dog jokes, but it was sure. the Phantom comic book, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. who is like a, the whole idea is that it's sort of a detective. Um, I don't know. That was, I think Josh mostly led the design yeah, of that was, one, but on they that. were um. lax. They were, <laughs> they essentially just said, just look through our stuff, like look through like stories and things and just kind of do whatever. Yeah. Like, they very much do... seemed like, whoa, whoa, you want to make a game about this? Yeah. They oh, were dap. Uh, <laughs> dude, just like whatever, whatever you come up with, yeah, man, that's send neat. It back. So that was pretty nice. It was so much so that I bet if we were to approach them out of the blue and they didn't recognize us from being with our our previous company that I'm sure (laughs) did something terrible to them, Mm. I bet we could probably still get them to be excited about that and be like, yeah, (laughs) all right. Yeah. Because that's just how they were. But the other one, there was a lot more... There was a lot more red tape because it was based off of a film. It was based off of a film franchise. So a lot of the, really, they gave us a lot of leeway as well. But the main things was likenesses. Mm-hmm. You know, there would be, there were actors who didn't want to sign on to have their yeah. face in anything anymore. There, mm-hmm. And this was a thing I didn't know was the case, but there was a particular face paint that ah, was not right. allowed to be used because the face paint was somehow like what was the situation like, it, it was, was like, like essentially they shouldn't they shouldn't have used it in the film in the first place oh, but did right, that's what so it was. then it was like well we are that already shouldn't have been the case so it must not be moving forward even though it already is in the film yeah yeah the film had broken a big big rule did mm-hmm. a bad no no so nobody else is allowed to do the bad no no anymore but the big no no still has happened and is permanent Mm-hmm. in the film like that yeah is, that there's nothing the that can be done about that but they can at least not continue to make that mistake into the future it just yeah, kind of so feels like if if uh they they were not allowed to use um robert downey jr's face in any of the avengers movies and then you're trying to make something based on the avengers and you have all the other actors the same but you can't use tony stark's face as uh robert yeah. downey jr it's it's like it felt like that like yeah, people are going to be like, that's not Robert Downey Jr. Why is everyone else the same? <laughs> it was it was weird. It was just stuff that I I didn't know was like things. Mm-hmm. Um, but we you know we did mostly design, so like mm-hmm. I we don't know what kind of stuff was in the contracts that sure. are that are yeah not the menu beholders would have mm-hmm. done. We don't know what they said, but I my my best guess is judging by how things were kind of handled mm-hmm. with the one, the one that went real sour yeah, is that everything was incredibly loose, but that's not to say that, you know, a company like whoever owns the walking dead, 
Yes. I want to say that they're probably a lot more like the people from the comic book company we worked with. Because The Walking Dead, Negan is in Tekken 7. Yeah. What is he? <laughs> yeah, I didn't know that. Advertisements. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's in Negan is a DLC character in mm. Tekken 7. Huh. In, in Death Stranding, when you take a shower... On the electronic curtain, it plays a commercial that shows you when The Walking Dead is going to air next. <laughs> like, I don't... I, like, when when Wizards approached Walking oh, Dead, I, I bet you that The Walking Dead people just said, look, just make the cards look like the people, uh, and, and, then them- do, and then do whatever you want and then just make the money mm. make sense and, just and then like, just right. make the money make sense sign on to whatever you need to because and, and they feel a lot more loosey-goosey mm-hmm. lord of the rings i imagine is a lot more protective of their ip they because Rob. they have to be they're mm-hmm. they're huge every well it's like i bet the there's not a Lego Lord of the Rings, is there? I think there is. Well, I think there is. But it's also, is. I think that there's a lot of people probably asking for licenses for Lord of the Rings mm-hmm. that they can afford to be selective. But that's the thing, is that I'm I'm thinking that the goofiest mm-hmm. and most out there that Lord of the Rings will allow themselves to be is Lego, which is also another massively successful huge, huge franchise. Right. And, and, you know, just company. Like, mm-hmm. Lego's just... They make buku bucks all the time. They're universally known. It yeah. makes sense, but I don't think that Lord of the Rings is gonna go to is gonna have the people from Tekken Seven come up and be like, "Yo, <laughs> let me throw Gandalf and Soul Calibur." Like, they might, I don't they think might, man, Star they Wars did it Kombat, though. though because WB is the same parent company. Oh schnooks! But that's the thing is that even though I know mm. that WB is the same parent company. I don't think the people They're who too own Lord of the Rings would. I think they'd be yeah. like, "I'm not gonna let you put." <laughs> like Boromir, Tom Bombadil. No, it'd be Boromir. It has to be Boromir. Boromir. Oh, for sure, for sure. Like, for sure. A, like that's the dude that just that's that actor that dies in every movie he's in. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, it, yeah it would be about that. Yeah, actor you have and him not getting fatality by everybody. It yeah. has to be Boromir. Okay. Yeah. Like, All right. Yeah. They're not going to let you do that to Frodo. But so, like, but I don't think that would happen. And so it's like I I imagine that the contracts for like the walking dead thing are vastly different than like mm-hmm. the lord of the rings one because i bet you that the walking dead people didn't even look and they just <laughs> signed it they yeah. just went yeah man i mean our show's still running so whatever lets people see that that's still happening and then they just <laughs> walked out so so then with with that kind of background for the audience there so both both of your roles though were more so in actually like literally designing the game there yeah how would you say because you have um in in yeah in the tenure that y'all that y'all were there y'all had also developed and released original games that had original mm-hmm. ip to them how yeah, would you say the goal if yeah. any and and depending on different points there um how did you how would you say the experience of designing the game and getting it into a workable product differed from an original ip to one where you're working with an ip holder oh man well, well the thing is is that with the comic hmm. book one it i don't think the comic book one was stressful at all Mm-hmm. no it really wasn't it, it was but just like, essentially you, you led most of the design on that one josh yeah. but it was essentially they were just sort of like i don't think there was a hard fast deadline they mm-hmm. were just like hey show us when you got something 
Mm-hmm. We're going to give you guys the rights to do it. Yeah. Where I think for, I think if memory serves for the other thing, we had a timed contract. Yes, we did. So there was a time stipulation. Which we did, you and I and didn't know about I for like about it, at least a year of working on it. We didn't know about the time stipulation no idea. when it first got brought on. Uh. And, and, and this is actually something that might be pertinent to the magic stuff because thinking back on it, our timeline contract because we didn't get a huge money investment from them. Mm-hmm. There's a lot okay. of Kickstarters that will go up. Mm-hmm. A lot of in the game, it's like um, you know, just one off the bat right now is the Binding of Isaac Four Souls. Mm-hmm. They're doing yeah. a Kickstarter for an expansion. Edmund McMillan has he has stated outright that he has all of the funds he needs to make the game on his own. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He he's made tons of money, like and so he knows that he could just fund the game. The reason he wants to do it is because he wants to add so much extra stuff and let mm-hmm. people just buy shirts, buy weird things, just have a fun time for 30 days, and then get a massive game yeah. afterwards. Mm-hmm. But we did not have that. Mm-hmm. We had to come up with the funds and on a timeline. And thinking of the timeline in relation to everything else, I think that the timeline was completion, and it wasn't even to Kickstarter. So even if we had done right. the Kickstarter, we would have to rush development mm-hmm. around the timeline. So that was incredibly stressful. Yeah, mm-hmm. That was really terrible, especially because we did not know at the start about the, about the timeline. We didn't know at the yeah, very beginning. About, about like the, now, and so like there, there's definitely like that logistical crunch because you're, you're beholden to people other than the, basically the bosses at the company you literally are working at. Mm-hmm. There's then also basically extra bosses in the room and those bosses right. have varying degrees of how chill they are is what mm-hmm. that sounds like. Now, yes. would, now would you say so like, it's definitely because again, like comparing it to um, original IP versus a licensed IP, do you, do you say like that has any factors in the way that you actually do the game design? Is that a thing where oh, you're yeah. designing from license first, you're skinning yeah. your original game idea, you're just putting a skin on it? How does that go? Yeah, I mean, like doing the doing the license stuff. It's, what do you call it? Top down and bottom up design? That's what I was going to say. Yeah. 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 I know those are the terms that Magic if, uses. Yeah, if it's yeah, licensed, yeah, yeah. you're literally stuck in the, the top down perspective. You have you have the skin, the flesh, the paint of what it is, and you have to design the game to fit underneath that skin. You got to you gotta put the bones and the meat in the right places <laughs> so the skin looks right and doesn't look like the guy from Men in Black um sure you know what i mean um Mm -hmm. whereas obviously if we're when we were working on our own ip we just had absolute free reign to make things as bedonkers as we wanted in any direction and then we would uh paint the flesh up atop it uh in whatever men in black way we wanted (laughs) Mm -hmm. and so i guess the the uh the business motivation there is obviously with an original ip you have to really hope that you succeed off of, you know, your original ideas, which to some right. extent you always have to do regardless, but yeah. it's with mm-hmm. working with a licensee, the advantage is here. Like we don't, we don't have to stress as much about how sellable this is because ideally the IP is going to do some of that legwork oh, for us. Yeah. Is that it, kind of the idea? Yeah. It that, always felt it, like let me tell certainly you, that is exclusively mm-hmm. only the idea <laughs> because with the IP we were working with, yeah. the idea was always there. But when it uh-huh. came time for any type of uh, what would what would be payoff, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Any type of like thing, you know, it's like 
you know, if Marvel just mm-hmm. even announces that they're doing something new, people are like, oh, dang, Marvel's mm-hmm. doing something new. And then people will probably like pre-order before they even know what's going on. Yeah. This kind of thing did not have quite as much clout as people may have guessed or yeah. people may have right. remembered. Right. Um, it, it got fuddy-duddy. Sure. Uh, in a lot of ways. And so it... Yeah. I, I think it ended up being kind of, that, like, instead because of it, having... And that's the thing, is that... It, so it instead instead of being, like, you can just rely on the clout of the thing to carry you through, and you yeah. can make something subpar, it is like nobody actually seems to care about what this is. Mm-hmm. I want to make this be good. If anything, I want this to make people like this thing again, if no one does at the moment. And so it yeah. made it... A lot more stressful. It was like that. Oh, who's the one that has to just push that whole ball up a hill over and over and over again? Oh, oh God! Oh, uh, it's the the um uh, Lucille Lucille ball. Lucille, yeah, Lucille and her giant ball. Yeah, uh, Sisyphus. <laughs> yeah, no, I was it, I was it, correct. Oh, nice. He's rolling a boulder up a hill for eternity. It, I'm proud it was, of you. It definitely fluctuated. It mm-hmm. And who knows, maybe for the design team. Maybe for the design team, because I imagine that the people on design of Wizards are a lot cooler than people who work in the accounting for Wizards. I imagine <laughs> sure. that if they get Lord of the Rings, and, you know, this is judging nerd culture and people who fancy themselves as a trading card game designer i imagine that they get lord of the rings and they want to make it the best it can possibly be Mm -hmm. i i Mm -hmm. i don't think that they're gonna want to phone in lord of the rings um Mm -hmm. but and so for us it kept it kept being because it was presented in such a way it was wrapped up in such a pretty way of just like guys easy money i think is (laughs) literally what they <laughs> that said is how it was multiple presented. times and then as things kept going it just seemed like more and more relied on us making something very very good um instead of it just being a quick cash cow like they were thinking okay yeah and it was well the problem the problem was the problem was it was an established thing with a fan base yes which works in concept yes but the thing was this had a what you call a cult following which means it is a relatively quite small and very passionate following and so what that resulted in was it wasn't just that guaranteed anybody at all is gonna get it and then also that passion turned into a uh unreasonable in criticism sort of passion sure you know sure 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 so, so in there, you, it's kind of like that's a victim of like this, the IP specifically, but you would probably say like to extrapolate that to a more general thing. Mm-hmm. Obviously, if you're if you're pulling, if you're if you're a game like an independent game studio mm-hmm. making a game for an IP, if you're going after something that's very niche, that's not exactly a cash cow in the way that I think like definitely, you know, me as an outside looking in mm-hmm. would assume because it's, you have to then both make a game that is good and also appeals to a bunch of specific things about that fan base. Mm-hmm. And it Whereas, really, it yeah. has to be, if you are going after a cult following thing, mm-hmm. it has to be from the heart. I think yeah. like yeah. you, you have yeah. to have been sitting mm-hmm. there and stewing in it 
Like, obviously, mm-hmm. like, a great designer can design something great for anything. Right. Yada, yada, yada. Sure, sure, sure. You know, best But, like, you, best. Ha- you have to be inspired by the IP. Yeah, for not, so, if We you made a game try to, and then put yeah, it in there. Exactly. So, like, if you're a person and you love, I don't know, the Goonies or something, and you're just like, <laughs> oh, man, I came up with this great idea for a Goonies board game. And then yeah. you just, like, start going out and finding the people and doing it, like, with that passion in your heart. Mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. that's that's something else but like when somebody kind of just drops on you especially in the very bizarre time that they dropped it on us they right. said hey we we are renting an ip um, <laughs> for sure. some amount of money and it's gonna make us so much money y'all gotta get making and we mm-hmm. went oh all right what is it this movie that came out in the 70s that we haven't seen great (laughs) wonderful let let us do that and then so you know that's not even taking into account that like i don't know like maybe there's crossover but i don't know how many 50 60 year old people are playing board games like who like that was their like coming Mm -hmm. of age hey i'm in my 20s and now you know now i'm 55 i can't wait to play this board game based off of this movie (laughs) i watched i just don't know i don't know how much crossover there is between that and the board game like, and so, but like you would say, like given your experience by, by comparison, if you were to take something that has just very broad appeal, like major league baseball, hypothetically, that's much easier because like, while they, there certainly will be segments of that fan base who will want it to be very, you know, to the T you also can get people who are just like, this just oh. has my favorite team on it. Got them. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's like, this just has my favorite team on it. I just will buy it for that reason. And that's fine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like I will at least get in there. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so that, that got to, uh, that, that got to somewhere that I actually, that does support. Uh, so for the fans at home, uh, I didn't prep those questions for them. Um, I just know these are friends of mine, so I know their background. And so I I was hoping that it wouldn't undermine my future arguments entirely, but it could have. We'll never know. That would have been fun. So with all that said, so essentially kind of the, the takeaways there are also are one, in your specific position, being a smaller game company dealing with license holders is obviously going to be different from Wizards of the Coast dealing with yeah. any license holder. Mm-hmm. Um, but fortunately for me, that's going to be part of my argument. Um, but also with the specific licensees that one, as a smaller company you have access to versus a larger company, the smaller the IP you're able to really get or you're able to kind of deal with has um, both, both it's a kind of uh, crucible for like passion like impassioned game design the ones you'll see for smaller more niche ip or more niche kind of brands are usually or hopefully going to be more driven by the people who make the game caring about it specifically um and things Mm. with bigger ips are they don't require you to have the same kind of rigorous game development that's tied inextricably from like from its ip because sometimes you can't just put avengers on monopoly and then ship it out the door and you're good to go Mm-hmm. With all that, so uh, that gives some insight. Thank you, gentlemen, uh, for that. You're welcome. Um, what I what I want to propose the second part of my argument. So we have um, some uh, again, you know, anecdotal but firsthand accounts of being a game developer making games for IP holders and licensees. The second part of my argument is the Amazon part. So um, I'll have this linked in the description, but. The relevant thing there is, by this point, Amazon being everywhere is a very obvious... It's a thing that people know. I'm not, hopefully, 
you know, opening up a whole box of knowledge that people weren't prepared for. Amazon's pretty big. And <laughs> to give the relevant insights here, um, Amazon's primary, uh, or just, I guess, to, to see what, like, the like the average person's uh, assumptions would be, uh, Josh and then Daniel, what would you say, just without, you know, Googling it, what, what do you think is uh, the majority of Amazon's business model? Where do they make most of their money? I watched that video. I also watched well, the sure. video, Drew. We know the correct answer. I, <laughs> but uh, but uh, before assumption? I watched the video, right. yeah. before yeah. I Rewind the, the mind. video, before <laughs> I had seen the video, um, I would have guessed probably Amazon.com. I, yeah, yeah, I would have guessed like, like the website, the, the warehouses yeah. and stuff. Yeah, I would have guessed mm-hmm. the sale of goods from Amazon.com. Yeah. And so, and I, I, and I think that's a pretty common assumption, right? Mm-hmm. Because that's, that's the part of Amazon's business that people like regular consumers interact with the most. That's the so, crust on the surface of Amazon. Absolutely. So, um, the video I have linked is actually, it's a five minute video essay, um, by NerdWriter, pretty popular YouTube channel. Feel free to pause the podcast and watch it for, I mean, essentially it's only five <laughs> minutes. It's, it's, it's only, it's actually yeah. a pretty good watch. Yeah, Mm -hmm. it's a quick for for essentially the argument I'm about to make, but about Amazon, and I'm going to use it to make the same exact argument, but about wizards. Um, But they specifically cite, so the correct answer there for the audience, not hold you in suspense anymore. Amazon's (laughs) actual primary revenue driver is in something they do called Amazon Web Services. So to uh, not go necessarily fully in detail on it, but to give you enough to support my points later, Amazon has to for themselves to run their big, big website, they have to have a pretty good idea of how to run a website that's real big and keep it running. Now, Mm. what Amazon could have done to make that happen is they could have just done that for themselves, kept all of that to themselves, and win the internet by having the biggest website on the internet. However, that's that's not the most lucrative option they could do. What Amazon has instead done, and again, anyone who's familiar with IT infrastructure or anything like that would probably already know this, but Amazon also has a division called Amazon Web Services, where essentially they will go to a Best Buy, to Walmart, and say like, hey, your website looks like some trash, dog. No cap. Our website's big good. What if we sold you all of the bones of how our website works? And how our website's so reliable. And so instead of you paying, you know, developers and IT uh, administrators, all this stuff to build that yourself, you buy it from us. Essentially being a business that sells things to other businesses and people, you may not know this about economics, but businesses on average have more spending money than regular people do. As a result of that, even though Amazon.com is a huge, huge market, they still make more money as just net profit off of this side of their business that is selling things to other companies. Companies mm. have more money. Mm. The specific video, again, if you have already watched it, you know this, um, but actually details Amazon Go. So Amazon Go, um, and I promise we will get back to magic stuff in a bit, but Amazon Go is a project that is still ongoing where it is a completely cashierless grocery store. You have likely heard about it in the news. The video that announced it was very popular and was a hot news topic for quite a while. And essentially this works with a couple of patents wherein through like microchips and Bluetooth signals and things of that nature, the store can always tell who you are when you walk into the store, 
what products you've put in your basket. And with that information tied to accounts that you have, you can auto deduct the correct amount of money for the things that you bought. So you just walk into a place, grab what you want, and you leave. Now, it's like shoplifting, but you do pay for it ultimately. Yeah, it's like shoplifting with money. <laughs> and so what the... What, now, what you may what you may see here is like if Amazon decided that selling things to people wasn't the most profitable way to do things, and also they're an internet based business, so they also decided that having physical stores is not the best way to make money. Why would they then invest in a grocery store that's very expensive to build and maintain to then sell things to other people, to just regular other people? That's not correct to sell things to their customers. Amazon's not a person. Um, what the NerdWriter video argues is that, simply put, Amazon does this in the same way they build their own big servers. They can now go to a Kroger, they can go to Walmart again, and they can go to other stores and go, Hey man, your store is big doo-doo stupid. It has to have people in there. You don't know what your inventory is like. We, however, we built this big, big fancy store. It doesn't need any labor costs. You just need people to stock it and maybe just answer some questions. And people just walk in and they leave. And because you can see our store and how happy, how big happy they are, you'll want your customers to be big happy like that too. And they can then license this kind of uh, store infrastructure, this style of store, and sell it to other companies. And that the conclusion of the nerd writer video is that that is the true intent behind this. Amazon's not actually trying to make a fancy grocery store. Hmm. They're making a proof of concept that they can then use as a selling point to other grocery stores. Hmm. Back. All of that is the context. And that's why I kind of led with this being like tinfoil hat, because I argue, I believe that wizards of the coast with universes beyond is effectively trying to do that same exact thing with the Magic the Gathering rule set and selling that as a pre-made designed game to licensees and IP holders. So hmm. with the pattern that we that we set with uh, Daniel and Josh's experience, being in a game studio, designing games, and then selling those and getting approval from licensee holders. What would you say, uh, Daniel and Josh, is like one of the big challenges whenever you design a game to market? I would I will probably say the easiest thing to say is it's probably finding players, I would guess, getting people to play it. I mean, I don't know. It's huh. I guess I, once it's made, honestly, stuff, I mean, but like yeah, finding oh, a game yeah. building a game no. that people will play. Oh, okay, cuz I was going to say the biggest it's... challenge to the whole thing is getting the money to make it a real thing in the real world. <laughs> yeah, sure, that sure, that sure. is the biggest that's challenge fair. and that's hard for little baby nobodies as compared to the big boys. Okay. Yeah. I, I think that we were being infant babies is mm-hmm. is one thing because we it took me a long time to understand that print and plays were even a thing. Hmm. I like it's essentially you just send someone the naked files, the naked mm-hmm. text on just a white background, and then mm-hmm. people can play your game. Mm-hmm. And it's actually like you could probably get on Facebook and just search for like play test groups i imagine it's not that hard it was hard for us because we didn't learn this until later like we mm-hmm. went to stores ourselves and did play test just right. us, which is still important to do yeah yeah but there is and probably especially now with like covid and all this stuff i imagine that a <laughs> lot of board game companies what they did 
was they just found random groups and said, hey, we're going to send y'all some print and plays and y'all can play that. So I wouldn't necessarily call that the most difficult part is getting people to play it because there's a lot of eager people that just want to eat something new. Hmm. I think though there's a difference between getting them to play it in a testing like structure like that versus like you need like whenever your game is on the shelf, you need people to get it so that they will play it. You need to find like paying players, I guess is more accurate. Oh, okay. You mean people to purchase the game? Like what's right. the yeah, hardest right. part of getting people to purchase the and game? And that is definitely yeah, where I come back to. Yeah, they have to want to play it. Yeah, and that's where I would definitely come back to. Mm. You got to you got to have the upfront money to uh make it real real purdy and make it a physical real thing someone could purchase, and that takes a lot of money. Mhm. And I think like it's all like all of us like you two definitely have experience with designing games that we all play them. And I think mm. a lot of that is like so from the from the consumer side of things. Right. What is like what I mean, we play Magic the Gathering, but we don't really play the Pokemon TCG. What's the right. reason for that? Right. For me, it's my oh. friends don't play Pokemon TCG. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely it's definitely what the people that I play games with want to play. And in addition to that, I will say mm-hmm. a thing that I dislike about myself is I don't like learning a new thing if I already have a thing that fits in oh, that yeah. slot. That is 100% the case. Mm-hmm. Like, I I, yeah, I know there are so, so many good roguelike games, like Hades looks really good to me, but I already mm-hmm. love Binding of Isaac, and I already know how to play that. So why am I going to learn? And you have friends who play Binding of Isaac. Exactly. So why yeah. am I going to learn anything new? Like, wait, I don't need to. And so, like, a new roguelike, even if, again, like, if someone says to you, like, hey, Hades is very similar in a lot of very important mm-hmm. ways to Binding of Isaac, mm-hmm. it has to still, even then, do more for you because, again, it comes at the cost of, I have, like, I have fewer friends who play Binding of Isaac. I'm not already invested in Hades like I mm-hmm. am with Binding of Isaac. Mm-hmm. And it's another thing I have to learn. So there are additional hurdles, even if it is just as good, if not better, because oh, of it being wonderful. just something else. Yeah. Yeah. And so, uh, Daniel, would you say the same is true for you? Like when it comes to like new things, other games? Oh, man, I that's interesting because I play a bunch of I play a lot of games and I Mm -hmm. even play a lot of games that have multiple expansions. So it's not even a a problem of like price. Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. Pokemon, I I don't care about the IP at all. I don't don't care about the Pokemon IP. I guess the closest Mm -hmm. thing that should have drawn me in Mm -hmm. was dragon ball super the dragon ball super card game yeah i didn't like how they did their resource management so i didn't play it because i didn't like that aspect Mm -hmm. and so for you though it wouldn't have necessarily been about like finding people to play with because i imagine you have some people who will just kind of try that with you regardless yeah well that's a one-on-one game i can just make my wife play that with me yeah because until one of us leaves you and your wife did that for uh keyforge as well if i'm not mistaken Oh yeah, we do that with Keyforge. We do that with Magic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we do that with just kind of whatever's around. We play games, and, um, and so and and so I think I'll, like the thing is like from the light. So and and I think like those are pretty common. Like I definitely identify with that a lot. Like it's for me, I'm a, I'm usually a bit more open, but for like for for me, it comes down to the cost. It's the cost benefit analysis. Like for me to get into for me to get into Pokemon, I like Pokemon's IP way more than i like magic's ip i've been a big pokemon boy my entire life i love pokemon well i guess i guess here's the thing here's the thing that and it's not so much 
just other IPs don't have the flexibility necessarily. Yeah. Like there's no commander equivalent for Pokemon that I know no. of. That's like multiplayer. That, that game form. doesn't have it. Yeah. And then like mm. Yu-Gi-Oh doesn't have it. Yeah. And like Dragon Ball Super doesn't have it. I mm-hmm. like multiplayer games. And so the yeah. fact that Magic is the only TCG that will let me play with three, four people mm-hmm. where I don't have to invent my own rule set, mm-hmm. right. then, then you it's, know, that's the one I'm going to go. Ma- ma- yeah, like Magic the Gathering as a, as a series of mechanics has the mechanics that you are looking for. And like, I think you've played like there's a there's the Binding of Isaac uh, game. It's not exactly a TCG, but it also has that similar multiplayer mechanical thing, which is why it appealed to you why you went to play it. Right. Yeah. And it yeah, is and, Isaac. And the game kills you a lot. I, yeah. the thing is, you know, and this is, this is a bit of a stray, but you know, I, I feel like it'll give some insight into who I am. You know, mm-hmm. our favorite game playing like early was killer bunnies and in yeah. killer bunnies, hmm. it is possible to never draw a way to get a carrot if at the mm-hmm. end of the game you don't have a bunny, which you may just never randomly draw off of a yep. random deck, you mm-hmm. lose. The game <laughs> is unforgiving, and you can lose because of bad luck, or other mm-hmm. players can just say, no, man, you don't get to win, you don't get to play. And I love mm-hmm. games that do that. And Isaac, mm-hmm. the whole thing in Isaac is just you die all the time. All of your mm-hmm. turns. If you fight, you're probably dead. On other players' turns, if you've already died, you're dying again. You're going to mm-hmm. die. And I like that. I like dying. I like yeah. dying. Well, there, there's there's a mechanical appeal, and that's just you know you're someone who plays a lot of tabletop games, and so yes. there's a type of game that you like. That again, if if a game can execute that, it's yeah, one that execute. you are more likely to buy. And it'd be and so I think then from there, it's now that being said, a game that like had no flavor. Well, I guess a, you enjoy novelty, so I think a game that had literally somehow absolutely no flavor at all, but mechanically you died a lot in it would maybe probably appeal to you still but like a game that that met oh, your that's, mechanical um, we didn't play test this at all oh yes i've I, 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 also and I enjoyed that, that game <laughs> yeah and and so again like that's novelty and that definitely has its own thing but like it's there there's a collection of things that you do need a game to kind of tick a yeah. game can be great and still you won't get it if it still doesn't fit what you're looking for what things appeal to you ips you like can you find people to play with etc yeah, yeah, et yeah. mm-hmm. so I and I, I bring that up because as a licensee and as a game company, right? What you want is you need your game. You have to put a lot of money into it. The licensee has to pay the game company to make it. Um, or the game company has to really kind of spend a lot of resources to find a licensee to put a skin on top of their game. And, you know, like the most flippant scenario and they need people hmm. to buy their game. And when they're trying to sell it, they're trying to appeal to, the you know various but i think there's a lot of similarities the things that we're looking for in a game because again a game just being great was none of what we said would get us to buy a game right (laughs) a lot of the games we said are good but none of what we said gets us to buy it is just is this game good it's like hey maybe Mm. someone recommended it to me maybe they recommended it to me because it's good but i don't buy a game based off of i bet this game is great and that's it. Like it's, yeah. I hate its aesthetic. I hate its rule set, but I, but it's a good game for what it is. So we're looking for, is this an IP I'm familiar with and really enjoy? Is this mechanic system, you know, something that I know from my life has been tested and I think is a good game system or it has kind of its own proven track record. Um, 
or do I have people I can play it with? Like those are the kinds of things you're looking for as a consumer of tabletop of card games to decide to buy it. Hmm. A the, the like where this all kind of comes to a nexus for me is there is already there are uh, there is a Lord of the Rings card game. In fact, I'm pretty sure there are multiple. There are, as Daniel mentioned, there's Dragon Ball Z card games. There are multiple Star Wars card games, both in like a all wrapped up in a box and you never change it and in a open booster packs, build your own deck format. There are other IPs that Wizards would likely go after that do have trading card games that have failed, I think, due to their failure to meet the criteria that we have all established here. I may like Star Wars. This Star Wars game may have a lot of death in it, and I think that's cool. What do my friends play? Do all of my friends play Star Wars? If not, am I going to spend my money on this Star Wars card game and the Star Wars booster pack? Or am I going to spend it on what my friends are playing? Mm-hmm. If what I what what I have what I envision as kind of Wizards' idea here with universes beyond is they can basically answer the questions of this game has a solid proven rule set your friends are playing it or even if not your friends many many people are playing it in that you will be able to find people to play with and it always has your favorite ip because it's everything magic the gathering is magic the gathering if that's the ip you like it's walking dead if you like walking dead do you like godzilla we got that do you like warhammer 40k we're that too do you like Lord of the Rings? That's also here. And you won't have to feel bad like I spent a hundred bucks on Star Wars TCG and nobody ever wants to play it with me. <laughs> so I wasted a hundred bucks. I Maybe I like looking at the Luke art here and there. And I think the gameplay is all right. Not great. Um, but hey, I have these cards, but I can't do anything with them. Right. Oh, the, the Star Wars TCG actually does a thing that I really like where the booster yeah. packs come with like a character card and a dice. And so each Ooh. person kind of has their own dice. It's specific to it. Come with them. And it's really, really neat. Mm-hmm. Um, hmm. But do you buy it, though? Um, No, mm-hmm. I don't. I don't. Exactly. It. And mm. so well, like we mentioned in the in either earlier this episode or in the previous episode, <laughs> we have a friend who's very into Godzilla and they have friends who play Magic the Gathering. We play it a lot and we're very close friends with them. It's got a good rule set that's very fun and it's proven like it's not like, oh, I'm going to have to learn a whole new game because if you already play Magic, you already learn it. Or if you don't, the resources to learn about it are plentiful due to its player base. And so the only really thing that kind of was a speed bump for them in our, in like our admittedly anecdotal example is a lack of cards, right? There's like, uh, I, I actually did look it up. If they were to build the Godzilla deck, they have uh, five cards, including the commander they could use that are Godzilla. So Whoa. they just needed more cards and wizards can certainly print more paper. <laughs> right. Yeah. So what I, what I would argue here is like, if I'm a licensee holder, let's say I have the license to Scooby-Doo and I want Uh, I look at our market share and, hey, we got movies. Those are doing great. We have a new TV show. That's doing great for the brand. Um, Maybe there's a video game company. We got a video game in development. There's some money here. My accountants are telling me that board games, tabletop games are blowing up here. Who do I hand my license over to if I'm sitting here and I'm just like trying to increase my market share? I'm a big brand like Scooby-Doo. 
I can go to a small independent game company who has a smaller workforce who is likely going to want to do something that is a bit more mechanically unique because that's how their game is going to stand out. Or do I go to Wizard of the Coast who has a game with 25 plus years of a proven track record who has an established player base, which means that my potential player retention is higher. My returns mm-hmm. are going to be higher because they also have the LGS system. Mm-hmm. They already have the really good, fancy big boy website. And if I try to make my own website, my website's going to look doo-doo bad. Why would I ever go to the smaller game company and not go to, and again, specifically, if I am this bigger IP, why would I ever go to the smaller game company with a potentially more unique idea when I can just sell flat more of it, get a higher licensing fee from Wizards of the Coast? Right. I mean, yeah, that's... It's it's a safe bet both on their end and I think you put it pretty well where it's a safe bet on the player end too because if if it's what a, the players a, are going to buy well it's just like if someone who is so very passionate about Scooby Doo and so then they see oh a Scooby Doo uh, card game wonderful I love Scooby Doo I want to learn the Scooby Doo card game and then no one wants to play the Scooby Doo card game if the Scooby Doo card game is Magic the Gathering they can take their Scooby-Doo mm-hmm. deck and go play it with Magic players, and they are both playing yep. a game that people want to play and that Scooby-Doo card game. That's a safe bet. Yeah. Like, it's, I can spend my money. I can get the Scooby-Doo out of it that I want to get. I could have mm. gotten the Scooby- Like, that part, I could have gotten even if this was a really wonky rule set. But now I'm more willing to actually actually buy it to play with it because I can play with it with friends of mine, with strangers who were just at the store where I bought it. I can, I can understand that like my cards can get some play and that it'll probably introduce me into magic if I wasn't before, which means I'm now likely that's a way for in a similar way to, to make the Amazon connection here. Amazon will, uh, I can be Otterbox and sell my case on Amazon's website and Amazon will make a version of my case that is very similar because if I'm already on Amazon to buy the case for Otterbox, even if that's a different thing, Amazon can also sell me their thing. So if wizards can get me in the door on Scooby-Doo, maybe I'm hanging around and I see you resolve a Thrun, the last troll. And I go, what's that? That's really cool against my Fred. Uh, nervous investigator. That's a really cool creature you got there. And now I'm into magic. And so once that license runs out for Scooby-Doo, Wizards gets to keep you there. Similar to the people who you may have had previously a specific website you went to buy a certain type of thing, but it only took one or two times for you to find it cheaper on Amazon before now you go to Amazon first every time. It's like how drug dealers do. (laughs) The thing, the thing is, is that I, and you know, everybody says this about wizards anytime they come up with anything. Sure, it's sure, like sure. that mm-hmm. idea, you know, that idea is obviously good because they're doing that with Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. Like they're, they're going to be doing that with it. But the thing is, is that like, I don't understand why that stops them from doing anything else. Like, Lord of the Rings has a living card game. It's incredibly Mm -hmm. popular. They've been adding expansions to it for uh, probably 10, 12 years. Mm -hmm. And they just, they've been able to do that. Yeah. And then they also just get to be in Lord of the Rings. Like, I don't, I imagine that if Wizards of the Coast was to approach somebody and say, hey, if we do this for you, you're not allowed to make a game with anybody else. Mm -hmm. People wouldn't do it. Hmm. especially because wizards 
if they're doing that with too many people and they're just like, listen, standard right now is mm-hmm. going to be three Scooby-Doo sets <laughs> and then three, like, because it's one, it's like a set at a time. At yeah. best, you could get like a set and some commander pre-cons with it. That yeah. would be like the big deal. Maybe a set booster, maybe a collector's mm-hmm. booster. But like the idea that they would say, hey, this Scooby-Doo thing, we're going to, you know, it's a TCG. It's a Scooby-Doo TCG. Yeah. But it's not. No. It's it's one set. If they it's were to, if they were trying to, mm-hmm. yeah, essentially like monopolize, I guess, in a way, like, mm-hmm. sure, they could probably get one yeah. from any IP. But I think if you sit there and like someone says, hey, man, listen, you reached out to us. I want to give you the Doom IP. When could you get it out? And <laughs> you're just like, well, it'll take a little while because we have three Digimon IPs. Coming out <laughs> in the next thing and it's just like we have three digimon ones because in order for it to function like a tcg it needs mm-hmm. to be coming out with expansions so it can compound upon itself so the people who bought into this one mm-hmm. will feel the need to upgrade their decks yeah with the new you know it's like henshin a go go mon yeah. you know get whoever you you gotta get like if you're really trying to loop them in because you know as we said in either what is the last episode or earlier this episode, mm-hmm. the walking dead secret layer was five cards. That yeah. isn't mm-hmm. what's going to get the people in. You got to have all. a ton, mm-hmm. but if the people get in and it's all Digimon and then the next thing is like doom. And then mm. the next thing is MLB all stars. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't, I feel like that's, that's gonna, it's going to not necessarily work, especially if they do a thing. It's just like, Hey, no more giving out your license to anybody else until after this thing has gone all the way through. And the mm -hmm. boxes have been selling like, especially if they think it'll sell well, though they would want to print it on demand. So for an unforeseeable timeline, potentially Mm -hmm. let us sell this thing. And then, but you guys don't do any other card games right now. Most people I, would just not do it. I wouldn't well, think. I can't yeah. imagine because because I, I the thing is like Avengers has there's a a, Avengers Monopoly. They just had an yeah. Avengers smash up. And mm-hmm. so if like Wizards was to approach Marvel, Disney and say, mm-hmm. hey, listen, let's throw you guys in a set. Let's do the thing. No more stuff, though, for a little while. Otherwise, mm-hmm. it's going to potentially hound on our business. And then they just say, uh-uh. No, if you want, because you're going to be making money off of RIP. Yes. Like in addition to us, we're going to be doing other things. And that, and that's another big thing is that you can't patent. Mm-hmm. You cannot patent mechanics. Mm-hmm. Like you can't patent like wizards. If you, you know, you look at a booster pack, the things that they have copywritten is like art, their mana the symbols for yeah. the tap, but like attacking, defending damage you could make an identical thing to magic and just mm-hmm. change some words around and they couldn't sue you they couldn't then, yeah. do anything you could probably still get away with using sorcery because yeah. sorcery is so akin to just regular magic, magic. like mm-hmm. in the grand ethos sphere of everything it's not copyrightable. It's just like you can do sorcery you can't take yeah. planeswalker no but you mm-hmm. can take creature you I could probably argue. take artifact <laughs> Yeah, I would like, actually argue though, like 
My big thing is I don't think that wizards actually would have to even do that exclusive clause. So like you no, mentioned, like Lord of the Rings so. has had a supported TCG for actually quite a while, and I well, think it's not it's, a TCG; it's a living card game. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The As thing is, TCGs, and it's it's it is smart for wizards to go this way because TCGs mm-hmm. are the hardest market to break into. Yes, TCGs absolutely. come and go, and they and they die. There yeah. are only four that have stood. That I I think it's four. I think mm-hmm. it's uh, Magic. I think it's Yu-Gi-Oh! I think it's Pokemon. And I feel like there's a fourth one that I'm forgetting that's also still alive that's been around for a while, but maybe not because I can't remember it. But those three have always been like the top dogs. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Mm -hmm. from at least like the 90s. What what I would say though, so like Lord of the Rings is a living card game, which is not identical, but in a similar kind of business structure, right? So Wizards goes to Lord of the Rings. And again, this is hypothetical. I don't work at Wizards of the Coast, nor do I work for Lord of the Rings. I promise. And, (laughs) and, and they get, they get the, they get the, the pen on the paper to make the, the Lord of the Rings magic set, right? And, and again, like it's, you mentioned like there's, there's logistical concerns of how many magic cards can you print in a year? Um, I think there's a broader conversation about just product burnout where we like oh, Wizards yeah. has been creeping up and up and up on that, but that's not the point of this conversation. No. Um, but they could, they could say like, they don't, I don't think they have to say you can't make your living card game while we have this out because it's well, going to no, compete well, with ours. This is what I'm saying is mm-hmm. that even if Wizards does this, this yeah. isn't necessarily a monopoly on anything. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because the company is still doing whatever they want on the other like it's not it's like sure they get a quick buck but like mm-hmm. they don't need this to survive no they don't but like what i would argue is that it's not like an outright monopoly where the other ones can't exist i think it's a i think it's monopolistic in the terms of if lord of the rings sees financial success from this which i would argue they likely would yeah. because people who play their living card game because of being fans of the ip and maybe want to play with more people will likely buy the magic thing because there are more people to play with. And the, uh, I think the people who will not jump that ship are the people who both love the, who, who I guess not both, but who love the Lord of the Rings IP, love the mechanic set of its living card game and have a dedicated play group that plays just that. I think that is kind of like the, the nut at the center that is the hardest to crack. But I think all of the players around that are likely to jump ship because they are not completely sucked in like a lot of magic players are to magic. A lot of people won't jump from magic to other things because once you have one rule set for that kind of thing in your head, that's just Mm. what you stick with. Mm -hmm. If people who are more open to jumping will, and I think what will happen there is wizards never had to say you can't make it. Wizards would say, in fact, make more of it because there's going to be more attention to your brand here. But if the players leave and Magic the Gathering is an ecosystem that they are less likely to leave back out of because, again, it has all these other things that the living card game doesn't have for those players. That means that the other one just shrinks, which now means that it is not returning as much on investment from whoever. Like, And again, they're not going to miss a meal because of this. But as a business decision, the living card game now has a less percent return on it. And when you're in a market where you're that large of an IP, you have a board of directors, you have, you know, like people with stocks and bonds in your company, they only care about the numbers. So if they say that our $1 into this magic venture got us 10 back and our $1 into this living card game venture gets us $5 back, why aren't we taking all of the money from that living card game venture and putting it into the magic thing? Because that makes us more money. And so they never had to say you can't do it. 
Like it's a thing. It's, it's like a thing it's where, like three months of profit. Well, that's the thing though. But it's three months of more profit. And if I'm trying to return dividends off of the money I invest in your company, that's the decision I would want you to make. Because I want you to only do the thing that makes me more money. You're gonna have people who work in that company that really care about Lord of the Rings and you know like their living card game or like their independent thing. Those people don't go away, but there are fewer of that people of that type of person. I would think. Yeah, but like I don't I feel think like it's if that was the case. To be fair, like then to, that to kind would of count be it. what's about to happen. <laughs> but I don't <laughs> think that because this is this this scenario you're talking about is the literal thing that's going to happen next year. <laughs> um, so like, yeah. and I don't think it's 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 quite that apocalyptic. Well, and that, and, and, that's and, the and thing, it opens right? up yeah. another question, like mm-hmm. you know, because wizards. The, the benefit that Wizards has, and, mm. you know, I love the game. I think mechanically, I think it's a genius game. Yeah, absolutely. But I will also say that outsiders mm-hmm. who see the characters, who don't know what the characters mean, who don't know anything about it, they don't give... Uh, well, you said shit once. They don't I did. give shit about <laughs> these characters. <laughs> Yu-Gi-Oh! is an IP that's riding that high until the donkey days. Pokemon yeah, is an IP that's riding that high until the donkey decades. Like yeah. it's if those games were to say, "Hey, listen, mm-hmm. listen, crossover with Pokemon," it would blow Wizards out of the water. Mm-hmm. Wizards would be destroyed. <laughs> Pokemon I, makes so much more money. Oh, than yeah. Magic does. Mm-hmm. Like, and so it's like you're not. All they're doing is stopping the people who can't get up anyway which is not even necessarily because of wizards Mm -hmm. like it's it's a smart play sure but all that wizards is doing is desperately trying to be Yu-Gi-Oh and pokemon (laughs) because they aren't because their ip isn't cool to look at in just a you can't like somebody on the outside looking at the game isn't gonna say oh that's jace balaran like they will with pikachu (laughs) it's not gonna happen it's not gonna happen it mm-hmm. never will happen for them. I don't care how hard they try and how hard they advertise. Their Netflix special will be cute. Their MMO will be fine. No one is going <laughs> to care about Jace the same way people care about Pikachu. Well, you can do whatever is, you want. And so you have to force... Mm-hmm. This is a desperate attempt to become them by essentially mm-hmm. throwing away everything that no one cares about. I which w- is I smart. Like, I think well, it's yeah, a smart play. Well, it's I, th- I again like it's Amazon's the whole bit. The whole bag with Amazon is not that they're not an effective business, and I would even say it's like Wizards by doing this, like for Lord of the Rings as a concrete one. Lord of the Rings never goes away. The Lord of the Rings game goes away. Pokemon still exists, but if there's a crossover, if you can, if I, if I could get magic cards with Pokemon on them. One, I can. There's people who make those for free on the internet. Yeah. <laughs> but like, if I, if I could buy a set of Magic cards that had the IP I really care about, I'm definitely never going to the Pokemon TCG. And so again, it's I'm still buying Pokemon Sword, Shield, and Gun. I'm buying those on my Nintendo Switch console entertainment system all day of the week. But I'm probably never playing their card game again because Magic's still a card game. Like it's like there's what there's the there's Magic um, Legends which is a game that I was interested yeah, in when it first yeah, got yeah, announced, yeah. but I'm probably not hmm. going to get into. But yeah, like it's, I'm talking about like specifically with the niche of what magic is, right? I think that this is a way for them to leverage that so that there are fewer competitors in what specifically magic the game is. I guess so that's that, true. Yeah. But yeah, like, I, that, that's what I, I, I that's what I'm kind of saying. The issue is, is that wizards can't beat Yu-Gi-Oh and Pokemon 
by picking up other IPs. Wizards can only beat them by getting their IP into theirs. Yeah. Because those IPs are strong. Now, if Wizards, and this is, I believe this, if Wizards was to cast aside all of their own IP. So it's just a rule set. Specifically, just did rule sets for other things. And it was like a cryptozoic, hey, this is the system. Throw whatever you want on it. Cast aside Jace Bellerin. I think that they, I think they could do it. If you just, you present to me like outside of me having to look through old cards and be like, okay, now why does this Jace guy show up eight times? Who sure. is, who is nickel bullets? And you just told me, Hey, listen, here's a TCG that has every IP in it and they you all work Bros. together. Yeah. If you just like smash up or you super smash brothers, ultimate a TCG at me, mm-hmm. I would do that. But Absolutely. if like half of it is like, it's just like, oh man, Fire hey, look, it's, it's, it's <laughs> Steven Universe. And then it's just like, and it's Lord of the Rings. And then like 80% of it is Liliana's and Nissa's. <laughs> I would be like, what? <laughs> what is all this garbage? I don't recognize this. Like they would have to stop being a company. Like just say, oh man, we went under. Sorry guys, magic is dead. Come mm-hmm. back a year later universal tcg everything there's some dc stuff. fortnite made it work there's some <laughs> dc stuff there's some marvel stuff you do that okay i think wizards is on to something like it's smart but i do i think that they're stopping anybody else from making a tcg no because very few people are coming out with like ip tcgs sure. people are coming out with like flesh and blood people are coming mm-hmm. out with like these other ideas because if you're gonna have like an ip you're competing with with Yu-Gi-Oh! pokemon mm-hmm. like i and i don't know how many of them are all like i'm sure they all look at maddie and say okay yes but if it's based on an ip mm-hmm. like you can't compete with those two or you gotta it's gotta be real good like i don't know how good dragon ball super's doing i think they still make expansions but i'm not and there's, I'm I mean, not feeling like it'll be around for a while. And there's, there's a Final Fantasy card game, but I, I think like it's ultimately what I'm saying is like it's not that by Wizards doing this, the other things immediately have to cease to exist. I mean, and even in the Amazon example, Amazon, I personally actually just full stop refuse to shop at Amazon, but that the existence of that site does not make it impossible for other online stores to exist. It makes yeah, it yeah, I know it's it's their way to make money, but yeah. I, I guess it's it just makes like, it more difficult. So, like, it's the Wizards doing this, like, and getting, you know, Warhammer and Scooby-Doo <laughs> and uh, Lego Batman specifically, but not Lego or Batman independently. Yeah. Um, it's That does not then make it impossible for those other IPs to have their own game here, which might have its own unique things. But it makes it much, much more difficult, or at the very least, much less likely. I... Oh, man, because I they're... Because, because previously, if you wanted if you wanted Magic's rule set, but you were Lord of the Rings, you still had to develop it in a way that wouldn't get you sued, right? And a lot of that is easy to do. You just don't copy the mana symbols and stuff like that. Maybe, though, it might be legally risky. I don't know the law there. Um, it's not. But Here's, yeah. It's <laughs> funny using the term monopolizing. The reason why there's a million monopolies is because Monopoly lost a lawsuit trying to sue somebody for making Monopoly oh, a fine. thing. Anybody. Mm-hmm. can make a monopoly game there's yeah. a noon monopoly you think yes. the, you think the people of noon in georgia reached out to the big guys <laughs> up at monopoly and said hey man can we use like your system no 
and they, they even just, just took Opoly at the end of it, mm-hmm. and it sold. You, like it's not, it is yeah. not that hard. Like, sure, people will look at you and be like, "Hey, man, not cool." Like, the only thing that you can copyright is is like like take Hero Clicks. Like yeah. Hero Clicks, the actual device, that little clicker base that they mm-hmm. put on the bottom of their things, that you can copyright. Yeah, like, you can copyright that. You can put a patent on that. Other other games aren't allowed to use that base, but the way that the stats work rotating mm. stats if you find another way to represent it guess what buddy you got hero spins yeah. Just, <laughs> you can do it it's not it is not very difficult yeah it, and so like it's really in uh to kind of close it out there like it's like lord of the rings could make that they could make a mana system and all that kind of stuff and i think it's it's that still like even if even in a world in an alternate thing where wizards doesn't announce this program and lord of the rings independently makes literally it's exactly magic with different mana symbols the problem there is that to find a player base i can i can play lord of the rings and maybe the the game system is so identical that i can transfer my skills directly over but Hmm. people aren't playing the lord of the rings tcg with me people play magic i still eventually either peter out on trying to play this this tcg or i go to a different one and so like i would argue that the intent from wizards of the coast whether or not this is going to be successful is a way that instead of people investing in their own game company their own development to make a game that would be similar they instead just cut the check to wizards because well, if that check is this Lord of the rings tcg failed let me let me tell you that right now <laughs> yeah the, the pictures the art is stills from the movie <laughs> 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 you, you can't make a more obvious cash in than just taking stills from the movie mm-hmm. this is so low effort i'm glad this failed that's efficient but i bet if they actually like put some effort into it i bet it would have been incredibly successful mm-hmm. well i think i get this point just it's, a picture of Gollum. drew's point applies way more to things that don't already have an established game because thinking back on what yeah. we were well, yeah that's true like we were working on on a game based on a really old ass comic, uh, and if it was like that company got to decide between, uh, we don't have any game. We could approach a small mm-hmm. company with a minuscule following of people who will maybe be into this, uh, depending on what they come out. We can have them do it, or we could just have this slapped onto a Magic the Gathering set produced by Wizards of okay, the Coast. Now you hold Easy a piece. second right there. Wizards uh-huh. would not make an entire booster product around <laughs> that. Wizards would turn them down. For them, only a small company that really cared about it would do it. You think they're going to do Lord of the Rings and then they drop that. Nobody would buy it or they'd increase the power level so much that people had to buy it oh but god the phantom is a power nine that's mm-hmm. they would have to do it because that is sure. not something that people are gonna be wilding out the gate for i'm not gonna let you make that example well it's yeah it's, but it applies to absolutely anything with. anything that has yeah. the resources to choose between uh okay so we have no game we have the resources to potentially have which one do we choose turned into Logically, a magic the gathering I set don't, yeah or or something completely oh, from the well, ground absolutely. up absolutely that's what i'm saying mm-hmm. that is the point we're not arguing places, about old comics does the phantom and nothing else yeah, we're I'm talking saying about they're the gonna do one than the other 
it's never especially for a big company it's never it's not an either or they do one then make the money then do the other yeah but it's the they do the one that makes the most money and is the quickest and easiest which is going with wizards yeah, of coast. I would, I would and then they use that money to make their own thing the if they queue. want to or they just put that money back into Wizards. Like, it's you just try to see the, the hate coming. Yeah. When can I'm, we get no, I'm, I'm saying Lord that if Wizards Horizon makes multiple sets of the same thing too close together, it ruins everything. I don't sure. think that they would do it. I don't think... Sure. I, I think that that would be very bad for them. Unless mm-hmm. they dropped everything. Because the thing is that they're not going to do that in addition to having just sets. If they stopped doing <laughs> magic sets and they went to crossover TCG, the CO TCG, sure, Lord of the Rings, Bambi, whatever, <laughs> you do it. But like trying to shove it in with all the other stuff, I, I can't imagine. And, and the thing is, the other company would make crazy money. But yeah. I think Wizards would end up seeing losses on their own products if they're shoving in so many crossover things, because I think people are probably going to buy that more. They, they would have to they would have to kind of like introduce it in a more subtle way, like hypothetically, one of the four big sets in a year being like, I don't know, Dungeons and Dragons, hypothetically. Yeah, well, it, well I mean, and that's come, fine. I'm saying on. that if they want to do it that way, that's okay. And the one Lord of the Rings set, that's fine. But I'm saying if they wanted to go whole hog, just like, you know, every year four or five like crossover <laughs> things they're not going to be able to keep up with their own stuff or there's going to be so much stuff that people will have to pick and choose between them and most of them because wizards wants to do the crossover stuff in a good way most of the good <laughs> cards are going to be in the crossover things the the bangers are going to be in there so really because really what you're saying is there's like a bottleneck here like there's only so hard wizards can go on this without yeah, fundamentally if, changing unless what they magic get is. rid of boring old magic and just go full-on <laughs> crossover sure i think there i think there we're not even really disagreeing on the quality of the argument it's the quantity no, no, no. Of the, it. the quality i the the argument i believe because yeah. i do think it's what they're doing i don't think it's for the sole purpose of trying to cut anybody else out i think they finally just realized that people might have interest in doing this mm-hmm. um and you know they want to make a bunch of money but i i also think that if they were to do that too much they would have to abandon essentially mm-hmm. what is their their main What's their whole bag? Their whole bag. And the thing is, if they have to keep, you know, if other people are just like, hey, take take our IP, do whatever you want with it. But, you know, if they ever are in a point where they're just like, hey, man, I'll pay you for that IP, (laughs) then they're going to have to start cutting back on their own stuff. Mm-hmm. because they're going to make higher profits on their what was it the secret layer walking dead set was their best selling like secret layer of all time yeah i mean there is what was it um last year like it's i think not all of these are sets um i mean wizard has said not all of these are going to be full sets and yeah. so i mean i think a lot of these will manifest in the form of secret layer yeah and but so secret I think layers it's... aren't the same thing of just here's the bones for the thing so you essentially have a tcg Without mm-hmm. having to make a TCG, five cards does not a TCG make. No, correct, absolutely. But I, and I think like mm-hmm. that's the thing, right? Where it comes down to, I feel like again, like and, and I think there's because like we said again, either at the top of this episode or in the previous one, um, like it's the pro side of this is that as a Magic player who has friends who aren't into the Magic lore, which is most of my friends who play Magic who only play Magic, also most people I know, or at least not most, a lot of people don't care about the lore. 
but like it's i get more people to play with and they're also able to play the game that's fun for them as a player there's a way like there this is not inherently a thing that's negative right just like being able to find everything i want to buy online on one website is not inherently a negative for me like there are certainly pros to that like for me and again i think it comes down to where it's inherently universes beyond is not a apocalypse thing nor is it finally magic quit sucking all the time kind of thing i think there's just like a conversation there of i think that no matter i think that with wizards doing this with their market position i just think there's no way that this this uh initiative happens where the fallout for it is not lesser like fewer tcgs or other tabletop games of other ip get made and instead we see those as magic cards i'm okay you know what i i'm okay with that i don't Hmm. mind the mom and pop tcg startups (laughs) sure (laughs) like maybe struggling a little bit like yeah you that's just not a thing to do anyway and it Mm -hmm. and it's it hasn't been a thing to do for the last 20-something <laughs> years that TCGs have existed. Because mm-hmm. it's it's not like... Because the trading card games have not been around like... For very long. Walmarts, grocers, and sure. all these kinds of things. TCGs yeah. have been around like... Since the 90s. Magic. Since, since Magic. Magic. Yeah. Then Pokemon. Then Yu-Gi-Oh!, and then those have always been the ones. Mm-hmm. You know, I I don't think that Wizards is smashing any any little indie startups on TCGs necessarily by doing this. Any more than just you live in a neighborhood with three skyscrapers and your house is made of dirt. It's good luck, but <laughs> that's where it begins. It's not even you got to slowly watch this happen. That was the mm-hmm. start. That was the literal beginning of it all. Mm-hmm. Like what? I don't. I don't know. I don't know how to help you. I. I guess that I want to say I wish there were more TCGs, but I don't mean that. I only play the one. Yeah. If anything, if- I want. I want more IPs to just go, unless they're like you know. If Binding of Isaac made a TCG, I'd probably buy. But hey, if Binding of Isaac, if there was a Binding of Isaac Magic the Gathering set, I would without a doubt buy that. Yeah. Well, I would and buy it if that was if they just got rid of it all and it was just that the whole time. I would buy some I would buy some Binding of Isaac cards that were like sports cards where there's no game associated with it at all. I just look at them. Um, I, wouldn't, I don't much care about it, but I think that's fun. Uh, and so I think to, to kind of wrap everything up there, I think that again, like it's, I mostly pose this as just kind of a thing for anyone listening to kind of consider and think on, because like, I definitely think like it's, I simultaneously, like in Amazon's case, as the example, the thing I'm comparing them to, I do make actual like behavior changes to align the way I act with the way that I think I should act. I don't do that everywhere not even close to that. I do, do. I am able to do that in one specific case. And I think with wizards here, like I both hold the thing of like, I do only play magic. I have, I have played Pokemon. I have played Yu-Gi-Oh. I have looked into getting into like Digimon specifically as anyone I've looked at and thought about getting into, but it's as a player, I acknowledge the fact that I am uh, as a consumer, even 
I am, uh, with inertia, it's hard for me to make changes like that. And I think Wizards here is playing into the fact that I will both be like, man, sometimes I get burned out on magic. I wish I could play a TCG that wasn't magic so I feel less burned out. But I will also, if I'm in a store, buy the thing I'm already invested in. So it's a thing where I think like it's both I as the consumer am unlikely to make the changes, but it's like that, like me as the consumer always going to Amazon doesn't make Amazon the company any better. It is just kind of what happens. And even if I think, hey, that's not that great, some people will say, you know, Jeff Bezos is the devil and they still got Amazon wish list. So like, I think it should, I think, I think it's an interesting thing to ponder. I just don't, I guess be, just the, the way that it has always worked, the mm-hmm. way that especially trading card games has always worked. Mm-hmm. I just, I just, I can't see it as being as predatory. Sure. I think as, as it, I might be interpreting it. I don't know if you're trying to paint it as like Bezos level predatory because <laughs> it isn't, it is not. It would be very difficult for it to be. Mm-hmm. We would have to like have proof that wizards has like gone to a company said, Hey, what are you guys working on? They're like, Oh, we're working on a Lord of the Rings TCG. And then they reached out to Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. Sure. But like, I don't, you need to see more teeth. I need to see more teeth because the other TCGs that are coming out is like, because here's another thing is that how many TCGs based on IP do we really want versus creative ideas like flesh and blood, stuff like that. If somebody's real like life goal is like, Oh man, you know what I would love to do? I would love to make a card game that makes money for Lord of the Rings by trading cards. (laughs) It's like, I can't be that invested in your well-being, friend. Like, if you're you're trying to really make a TCG, and it is a creative endeavor, like the first cards that were designed were like your own little drawings, and you finally got somebody to make up really cool mock-ups, and you invested in it, and you got some really interesting ideas, power to you. I want you to succeed, but... I don't think that that's who Wizards is going to be hurting. It would be other IP based is it, thing. I think, is it actually instead of it being something that's you know predatory and dystopian? Oh, go ahead, Josh. I think I can sum up both of y'all's sides. I think okay, because I'm about to change mine, but go ahead and say your thing. Oh well, I think up to this <laughs> point, at least, don't know what's going to happen moving forward. Yes. but so far, Drew's point has been. I might change there... my too based on what you say. Okay. I'm really excited to be made wrong after the fact. But uh, Drew's point (laughs) is that there has been, to a degree, to whatever degree, a door open for new TCGs to be made based on IPs that currently don't have a TCG. Daniel's point is that door is only big enough for some kind of minuscule salamander to theoretically, maybe eventually, luck into <laughs> finding and is therefore irrelevant. Am I in the ballpark? Mm-hmm. I, th- I think there's shades of that. Like, I don't know. There's, uh, there's like... shades of that. There's definitely. If, if you're if you're coming in, it's, it's, it's dirt. Three big towers yeah. in their dirt and they just keep throwing glass out the window. I don't know <laughs> <laughs> this is happening. The other bit that I was going to say is like with, with Daniel's take on it, the other like the, you can always look at things like uh, whether something is good or bad. Oftentimes is a matter of your perspective, right? 
And there is potential here that you could also say, like, where I could say, like, oh, no, woe is me for the lack of the Simpsons TCG I don't get to play. However, the other side of that coin is if if a game company goes, well, making our TCG based off of Lisa Frank just isn't going to happen because Wizards, doggone it, they got the license first. Now mm-hmm. that company has to instead make an original IP the potential there is a new flesh and blood hits right so is it again like it's both i think both of these may be valid uh, points of view on it where it's like instead of it being like oh we don't get these new licensed tcgs because wizards is sucking up all the market share it's wizards has done that so now other companies have to do something they have to react to that so they have to do something that's more wackadoo so that the other tcgs that we do get are a lot more varied and as a player if that's what you're looking for the market is now having to give that to you it's like wizards is being so lazy so you don't have to Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. the mcdonald's that exists doesn't mean that you can't find a great burger place in fact it means now the other burger places have to be better because mcdonald's is so easy which means that if you're going to somewhere else it's because you don't like what mcdonald's is doing mcdonald's is so easy a cave or amazon or whoever whatever big company i'm using that's their slogan <laughs> that's their slogan yeah <laughs> that's the whole bag uh i feel like i feel like we've we've had we've had several big long good boy discussions on this one um if you mm-hmm. want to do a podcast don't make your own steal our format uh, and pay up i, don't I steal mean it. three Buy people talking this. This, this is, is what this is this <laughs> is well this is one like MTG Goldfish, I'm pretty sure is having a similar discussion if they haven't mm-hmm. already put out the podcast episode today. <laughs> it's like, like three dudes talking about magic. I'm pretty sure Star City Games got that with with Justin Parnell, Stephen Green, and then a third guy. That's and that's not even the, the specific. Team. And that's even the specific niche that we're in. Don't even begin. It's just like oh, podcast with banter. Like, yeah, it's like. But, I, but to be fair, to be fair. If this and this is once again this is an unfair scenario because we are the IP that is just attaching ourselves to wizards. <laughs> um, <laughs> like if we were like if we were like uh like three people doing a completely different thing that was not related to this IP, it would be like my brother, my brother and me, and it's yep. usually successful. So yes, it is. so it's like you know it all it all uh, it all sinks in the sand the same way. So or whatever. Y'all in the audience, y'all let us know. Um, what what do you think about uh, this argument? Um, if this is one big episode, which at this point it's probably not going to be, I'm probably gonna no. Make it I, I really hope split. not. Yeah, uh, but it's uh, what do you think about that discussion? Um, like, uh, do you what side do you kind of fall on? Do you think it's you know not that big of a deal? Do you think Wizards is making some big kind of you know capitalist monopolistic moves here? I think monopolistic. They're clearly making capitalist moves. That's how business. Oh yeah, are. yeah, yeah. And that's the yeah, that's yes. not the question. But are they making monopolistic moves, or are they just are they falling on the sword of garbo ip tcg so other games can live what do you think they're doing <laughs> well, they are yeah. doing the second one but they would not look at it that way yeah <laughs> it's a it is that's a quick true. cash in it's a yeah. quick cash in that's what yeah. it is there's that, it's a meme it where be. there's a where there's a grenade that hits and it just says 
uh, it's it says My Little Pony TCG, and, and it's Wizards just is the golden, and like there's a tag on it that says like one million dollars, and they're covering it up, saying, "Don't worry, guys, we'll take the it. fall for this." One. Everyone else, <laughs> run away, run, run fast, go! <laughs> I've got this one, Hero <laughs> Wizards. <laughs> Uh, that's been good. Uh, any closing <laughs> thoughts, anyone, before I do the thing that ends the show? Um, I, the thing I really like about this, about this conversation, um, and especially like if at the end of the year we, we do our, I guess it wouldn't really be the end of this year, but the fun thing about this one is that this is something that we can tangibly look can back see. on and yeah. it, that's going to be really, really fun. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm pretty excited mm-hmm. about that to see just, you know. It probably won't be until like 2023, 2024 that we really see if they start going whole hog with it. Mm-hmm. But um, it's, it's an actual factual prediction that we can see if it's valid it's, or not. As soon as they release three crossover like sets in addition to the regular magic sets, yeah, then then I will 100% concede to Drew's points of just like, man, they're really going to try that? But mm-hmm. I, I don't think they can manage that. I don't think they can make that work. They... I, you know, have you ever seen them try to run a tournament? Well, like, they're not that smart. <laughs> I don't think they got the gumption. I think they're going to accidentally do very well. I mean, yeah, probably. Yeah. Yeah. They, they're going to, in spite of themselves, do ex- exceedingly well. It's like, that you know how the- like someone can trip over their own dick and, and ruin a good thing? I think they're going to trip over their own dick, do a sick flip, and ran, land just on a pile of cash. Ain't that always the way. Mm. With all that, I now move to the... This has been demonstrate the loop. I move to the instep and concede. Goodbye, everyone. Goodbye, <laughs> say, well. Let us know your things. Whoop.